Good evening to all of you. Tada kuat lah, tada um. Good evening. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Turn to someone on the right and left and say, Welcome. I'm so glad that you are here this evening. Before I start to share the word of God, let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you for families of Penang Christian Center. We thank you, O oh God, even as we sit in our place right now. Lord, we ask for fresh uh, anointing and refreshing to come upon us physically, emotionally, and mentally. The Lord, tonight we will be focused upon what you have to say to us. Help us, O oh God, not only to listen to your word, but also give us the wisdom, O oh God, and the strength, O oh God, and the desire, O oh God, to apply what we are going to learn through this evening's message, through your word, into our personal lives, O oh God, so that our lives may add value to the lives of other people, O oh God, to our children, to our wife, O oh Lord. So, Father, we pray that God tonight, may you anoint my lips. May you also anoint, O oh God, each and every person who is here. And that, Father, we pray that God tonight, may your name be magnified and glorified. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Well, last week, we heard the message preached by Pastor Isaac from one of the core values, and that is building strong, healthy families. Through the message, we were reminded as a family of Penang Christian Center that wives are to submit to their husbands and husbands are to love their wives and together both are to submit out of reverence to the Lord. Today we are going to continue with our core values on strong, healthy families and I'm going to share from another important Another important aspect of family life, and that is the importance of parenting. How to love your children as parents. I'm going to read a letter written by a teenager to the parents. But I'd like to make a disclaimer that this letter is not written by any of our PCC children to their parents. Neither is this letter that I'm going to read going to bring any condemnation or to point fingers or, in, or to insinu insinuate any parent or any teenager here. So we are not here to point fingers. I just want to read a letter from a teenager to the parents. And I'd like all of us to listen carefully to how this young man wrote this letter to his parents. He said, Dear parents, I am your child. You have brought me into this world and raised me up to what I am today. If I am not what I should be, please don't be too harsh with me, for I am your product. My actions reveals the quality standards of our home. Do not compare me with one of my friends as an example of how I should behave. By doing so, you are admitting that his parents 
are doing a better job than you. You say you are a Christian, yet when church time comes, you make little effort to attend, giving me no encouragement to go either. You say that you love me, yet it has been years since you put your arms around me at bedtime and asked your heavenly Father to watch over me as I slept. You seem to be more interested in my school grades than in the condition of my soul. You give me the impression that it is better to be popular than to be pure, better to be attractive on the outside than to have that inner beauty that comes to one who loves the Lord. So next time you feel like throwing up your hands and saying, I just cannot do anything with you, please remember, you have had the opportunity to influence me when I was born. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's from the Bible. If you are not happy with me, I'm not the only one to blame. So this is a heart-wrenching letter from a teenage son to his parents. You can experience at certain part the anger, the disappointment, the discouragement, a cry from a heart of a teenage boy to his parents. You see, friends, parenting is not an easy job. Parenting is a heavy responsibility. As parents, you and I are called to lead and to guide our children. We are to be the guardians of their soul. It is a heavy responsibility that God has entrusted to you and to me as parents today. You see, in a business world, you ask any businessmen, businessmen, if you ask them that they are fully aware of the great responsibility that rests upon them in making the right decisions for their business before they embark in doing business, they will put in a lot of thoughts. They will consider a lot of angles and they want to make the right decisions because they know that once they make the wrong decisions, it is going to cost them and to cost them dearly. But as parents, are you and I aware of the great responsibility we have in bringing up our own children? Do we give the same amount of thought and attention and time to it into the area of parenting? Paul wants us, to bring our, wants us to bring up our children as the greatest business in life we ever have to handle and transact. So let us learn from Paul in how you and I today can bring up our children. He gave us two principles, two commands. And the thing is, is after hearing and learning, how are we going to apply this into our parenting, how are we going to apply this into our parenting skills to, towards our children? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. I'm going to, just going to preach from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 today. Can I get all of us to read together the Word of God? Let's read together. Fathers, let's read together. Fathers, 
Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Here, Paul uses the word fathers. But I want to let all the wives know that you are not spared as well. It covers wives too. It applies to wives as well. The first is a negative command. Do not provoke your children to anger. And then he gives the positive side. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In other words, Paul is telling us today, do not drive your children up the wall. Don't let them go crazy. But bring them up in with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That's basically what it means. You see, fathers, you and I, we are not, and that includes mothers, you and I, we are not called to be passive in bringing up the children. But fathers, you and I, we are called to be patient, gentle, self-controlled, and loving in bringing up the children. Fathers, we are not to leave everything to the mothers because, fathers, you like it or not, you are the head of the household. You are the leader. As the head of the home, the father is responsible for nurturing, for training, and teaching the children in the things of God. Because of his responsibility to provide for the family financially, most of the time he will delegate much of this responsibility to the mother, his wife. But delegating does not mean abdicating. It doesn't mean that bochap. I delegate means you go to him. No, no, no. Delegation requires supervision. So the father should not think that training the children is the mother's job. No. It is never the mother's job. It is the father's job, period. The mother is there to assist the father in bringing up the child. Neither should the responsibility of bringing up the child be handed over to the children's church. That I bring my child to the church, any problem with the child, the, the, church, the, 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 the children pastors will have to handle my children. They will be the one correcting the children. I'm here to collect them after the sermon, after the service is over. No, that is never the church, the children's church responsibility. Neither is it the kids' lot teacher's responsibility if you are from the IGC district. When you attend a cell after the worship, the parents will send the children to the IGC kids' lot where the children will learn and the, the adults will continue to discuss and talk about the Word of God. It is not the the kids' lot teachers' responsibility. It is still your responsibility, fathers. So when Paul said, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, he has good reason to issue this command because we, you and I, we have to understand the context, the background where Paul was living during that time, during the Roman Empire who is reigning in that nation. You see, during Paul's day, the Roman father had absolute sovereign authority over all members of his family. The autocratic character of the father had every right 
to punish and also legally killing the newborn if he wanted to. When a baby was born into a Roman family, the baby will be brought before the father. The father can either pick the child up. When the father picks the baby up, it signifies that he accepts the baby. If he looks at the baby and he doesn't pick up the baby, in other words, he is telling everybody that I am rejecting this child. But if he, but again, he can also kill the child. He can also leave it to die to exposure to the elements of the weather. He could even be sold and be given away. So a Roman father can sell his children as slaves as well. He could make them work in his fields even in chains. He can take the law into his own hands to punish or kill his child as he liked. So Paul showed that a father's harsh treatment of his child is wrong. But Christian fathers, you and I, we are called to live differently. You and I are called not to provoke our children to anger. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, Paul says, Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. They will feel down. They will feel uninspired. Parents, do not irritate or frustrate your children but to encourage, but to encourage them. So you and I, we, are must, we must love our children just like God loved us. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people. With an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. You see, the Israelites have never been faithful to God. If you and I have read through the Old Testament, you will find that it's like a love and hate relationship between the Israelites and God. They will worship God at one time, then after that they will worship Baal, then they will have nothing to do with God and they will, they will move on and so on and God has to deal with them. Then they come back, they worship God again and so on and so forth. But God says that He loves them with an everlasting love. See how God demonstrated His love for Jesus after Jesus stepped out from the water after He was baptized Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. God declares His love for Jesus. And He says that He, Jesus brought Him great joy. Question to all of us, when was the last time you tell your daughter, you tell your son that you are dearly loved by daddy, by mommy. When was the last time you tell him that you, until today, you still bring me great joy, even though sometimes you drive me up the wall as well. But you still give me great joy. You see, parents... There's no perfect children. Children, there are no perfect parents as well. But we want to use biblical principles to interrelate with one another. So if you have never tell your child that until today that you dearly love them 
and you never tell them that you bring, they bring you great joy, I think application time for tonight is you tell them on the way home and tell them that you bring me great joy. And you are dearly loved by me. So please don't provoke your children to anger. What does it mean by to provoke to anger? It means it suggests, it suggests a repeated ongoing pattern of treatment that gradually builds up into a deep-seated anger and resentment that turns into outward hostility. That is to provoke to anger. How can we provoke our children? I've got 14 uh, things that I can list, but it is not complete. The list can continue to go on. Okay? Number one, placing unrealistic expectations on our children. Too strict on our children. Ridiculing our children. You are good for nothing. You are useless. You are stupid. I don't know what to do with you. Uh, that is ridiculing your children. You will fail in your exam. Ridiculing your children. Fall, uh, failing to affirm our children. In other words, you fail to tell them that you love them. You miss them. You adore them. You forgot to tell them that they bring you great joy. You see, God modeled for us just now by teaching us how to adore, how to love the Son. Abusing our children physically and emotionally. Finding fault constantly with our children. Disciplining our children in anger. Refusing to admit our faults to our children. In other words, you say that, you never fail to say that, I'm so sorry, son and daughter. I'm so sorry for using such words on you. I'm so sorry that I've hurt you. Parents, sometimes we need to bring ourselves down, humble ourselves and apologize if we are wrong because you will never lose the respect from your children. At least they know that you are human. They will learn to say, my dad was big enough, man enough, or my mom is, is woman enough to admit that when there's wrong. You can ask my children. Sometimes I, I drive them up the wall. Sometimes they drive me up the wall. Don't know who... who, who whose wall is, is higher. <laughs> but if I'm wrong, after a while when I'm wrong, I'll walk up to them and say, I'm sorry, son, for hurting you, for making you angry. I even ask them, will you please forgive me for my rashness and for my harshness? Most of the time they say, yes, I will, we will then. So you and, you and I, we, we, we must do that. Being inconsistent with discipline with our children. In other words, when you tell your son that he is going to be spanked and you never do it, okay, and he thinks he gets scot-free, but the next time, you, without warning, you punish then the person will say, why last time I, I never kena, why now I kena? So you are very inconsistent in your discipline. Comparing them to siblings or other children. Wow, this is a biggie, man. 
Oh, your brother do better than you, man. How come, huh? You lazy bum and so on. Oh, your cousin is so much better than you. Why, 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 why you're not doing well? Why he gets A, why you get B? You, 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 you start to compare. Last time when I was brought up, my uncle, he, I know his intention is very good. He passed away already. His three sons and my cousin all works in the bank. So you ride his bike to my house. Hey, you want to join the bank or not? I don't want to join the bank. Why you don't want to join the bank? Your cousins all join the bank. Why you, want, you don't want to join the bank? Why you want to work here? Wow, that also pushed the wrong button. Temperature rising already. But he's my uncle. I got to respect him. But I said, no, it's okay, uncle. Enough cousin working in the bank. This one, no need to work in the bank. Everybody work in the bank for what? I said, I work some, somewhere else. So that I ended up in the government service. I said, Why are you work in the government service? So I got to tell him, government service is good. Right? You, throw, you take the plate, you throw money times, so it cannot break. You work in the bank after recession comes out of the job. I said, oh, you. See? Oh, they want betahan. Yelling at and disrespecting our children in front of others. When you're angry, don't shout at them in a crowd. Don't humiliate them. Right? Correct in private. Praise publicly. Living a hypocritical life in front of our children, telling them to do one thing and we doing the opposite. So live out our values. I stand corrected. My son, two sons also sometimes tell me, Dad, why you ask us not to do this, but you are doing it now? So sorry, son. Thank you for correcting me. I will change. You see, sometimes we think that we are always right as parents. We do no wrong. But no, we also do make mistakes. Thirteenth, breaking our promises to our children. Keep your promises even when it hurts. When you tell your children that you are going to take them out for a holiday or even to a shopping mall or even for a meal, please, please, please keep to your word. Don't let other things hijack that promise that you have made unless it is a life and death matter. If anything that can that can uh, reschedule because you have promised, then please reschedule it. You know what you can do? You can always take your, now everybody goes digital, key in on the calendar what you want to take your children out so that you don't forget. Because when you don't key in, you forgot that you made a promise, somebody came, ah, oh, yeah, I'm free, man. Okay, I, I go. Then after, hey, so sorry, last time I promised this one, but you already promised your children. So please, key in to your calendar when you promise your son to do something. Failing to listen to our children's opinions. Sometimes we parents, we don't want to listen to our children. We say, keep quiet. Don't talk back. Who asked for your opinion? You see? So we hurt our children. We provoke them. We humiliate them. We think that they're we think that their, their, their input is not important. So, next time, when anything happens, you ask them, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you talk to me? You think they'll come and talk to you? Because you have already heard them. You have already put them down. You said your opinion is not important. So, why should I come to you? So, you and I, we, we, we need to 
keep our communication channel open. So this is what you and I, we should do. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let unwholesome talk come out. Don't let harsh words come out. I remember when I was very young, I asked my grandma, Grandma, my, that's my maternal grandma, Grand, maternal grandma, where do I come from? Huh? My maternal grandma looks at me and says, hmm, let me tell you a secret. I say, well, what's the secret? She said, your parents actually walked along the street of Penang Road, saw a dustbin and saw you, pick you and come back home. No? Hey, I believe that. No. Really? Please don't think that I'm stupid, but I really believe it. Because I was young. And I believe my grandmother. But of course, after a while, I grew older, my grandmother also had a good relationship. I also had a good relationship with my mother. I never tell my children, both of them come from the rubbish bin. Okay? I never tell them the, the stock bring them also. I tell them where they came from. So parents, let us not misuse our authority either by making irritating or unreasonable demands on our children. Let us not provoke them, but to bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4b. Bringing up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord is the duty of parents. That is your primary and my primary responsibility and the most important duty. You see, it says, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from what? Do you say deposit come from television? Do you say come from any devices like tablets? Do you say from the children's church, kids, lot, teachers? No, it says that comes from the Lord. The influence of the home is important in the life of a child. The home is the fundamental unit of society and children are born into a home, into a family. The parents is to be the chief influence in their lives. You are, you are it. There's no question about that. In the biblical teaching everywhere, from the Bible, you and I, we are called to influence our children. Now, when Paul said bring them up in Greek, it means act threefold. It means to nourish or to nurture. It is to provide nourishing spiritual food for our children. It is the same use, uh, word used in nourishing your bodies. Remember last week, Pastor Isaac said about nourishing? That we, are, we took our breakfast as to nourish our physical body, but as husbands, we are to nourish our wives by loving them, caring for them, sacrificing for them, to die to ourselves. That's how we nourish our wives and we also teach them and Pray together, read the Word of God together. Discipline comes from the, word, from the word training. Now, what does it mean to train our children? What are parents to do? You and I, we have to supplement the teaching of the church. And we have to apply the teaching of the church. So little can be done in a sermon. It has to be applied, to be explained, to be extended to be supplemented. That is where parents play, we play our parts. You know, afterwards, when you collect your children from the children's church, if your children is not yet teenager, or if your children are a teenager, afterwards, when you drive back, you have to supplement what they have learned through 
the youth meeting and the children's church. Ask your children, what have you learned today? Don't let them take their devices up and start to scroll and you don't talk about it. You need as parents to ask them, what is it that you can learn, that you have learned, and how can you apply this into your own personal life? That's where you discipline, you disciple, you nurture, you teach them, you guide them, you give them ideas how they can apply what they have learned through the Word of God that they have learned in both the ISCA as well as in the children's church. And even here in the main service as well, how can you apply Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 in your parenting skills? Maybe it's good for you to hear from your children in what way have you provoked them? And I'm sure they'll give you the whole list as well. Yeah, hear, listen, so that you and I, we can learn to parent them better so that we don't provoke them. Okay? Children also don't provoke your, 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 your parents as well. So children to be brought in the, na- in the nurture and the admonition and the most important point is of the Lord. We can train our children like the Lord's training of His children so that we may share His holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11 says, and, you have for- and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as His children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when He corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child as you endure this divine discipline remember that god is treating you as his own children who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father if god doesn't discipline you as he does of all of his of all of his children it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You see, fathers, mothers, when we withhold discipline, it's basically signaling to the child, if you get angry enough, you can get what you want. Go ahead, it worked, so be angry. So sometimes we think that out in the mall when our child is young, they kick up a fuss and they are drawing attention, they cry and they scream, and they want to buy the toy, and in order for you uh, to handle this, to manage this, you quickly buy so that the child can be pacified. Basically, what we are signaling to the children, to the child, is that you kick and you cry, you will get it. That's what we are telling them. Is there a way that you and I can discipline our child, I believe that there is a way in which you and I, we can discipline our child. When our two boys were young, they are good boys now, 
when my two boys were young, before we leave our house to go to the shopping mall, we will tell our children, when you walk into the mall, this is something that you and I will agree. Are we agreeable to it? Yes or no? They said yes. Guess every child when they go into the mall, which, is, which department would they run to? Uh, Toy Story is one, Tony. The other one would be the toy department. Okay? After agreeing, we take them there, they go and browse and so on and so forth. They say, I want this. Grab onto it. Cry. Do on to let go. Drawing attention. My wife, Pastor Chaibi, we always go out with a wooden spoon on in her handbag. In my car also, there's always a wooden spoon also. I will carry one of my child, mommy, wooden spoon. Take them to the men's toilet, close the door, ask them, do you know that you're going to get spanked? Say, yeah. Why, why do you think that you're going to get spanked? Oh, because I cry because I make you angry. Okay? Actually, actually, yes, you make me angry. But can you remember what we agree upon? They cannot remember, but I've got to refresh them. We agree not to buy any toys, right? Just browse through again. Yeah, can. So because of that, you're going to get three. Bend over, piak three times. Ah, okay, lah, let them cry in. Take out everything, peace. Come out, very peaceful. Go home. Take them to the room and then give them a big hug and tell them that it's for your own good that I spanked you. So the next time as they continue to grow, they know that cry also no use. <laughs> move means move. See, So there is an there is a, a place for us. Is it, is, it, is it painful for the child? Yeah, it was painful. Was it painful for me as a father? Yes, it also hurts me. I don't want to spank my child, but no choice. Okay? Dr. Henry Cloud, who wrote this book on boundary, and to me, that's a very fantastic and excellent book. He wrote this, you get what you tolerate. So don't blame your child. If you tolerate his actions, his behavior outside. Don't blame your child, blame yourself because you let him get away with it. You see, when a child has no boundaries, the child will always be pushing harder and further to see where the line will be eventually be drawn. I don't give my, I don't, I don't tell my children one first warning, second warning, third warning. I don't give I tell them, no three, three warnings, only one time. Because why? We are basically telling them, Daddy, give three warnings. Warning number one, I got two more. After that, one more, oh, got one more. Then, when you come to three, then he stop. But I tell my children, no one, two, three, only one time. You don't, you get it. So, so, of course, some of you may, 
may do one, two, three. I'm not saying that you are wrong, but for me, there's only one time. Because you are pushing, helping them to push the boundaries. You see, when we set a boundary, a consequence, and then allow our children to have their way with screaming and anger so that we give in, we are still provoking our children into anger. You see, Henry Cloud also says this, if your boundary training consists only of words, you are wasting your breath. But if you do boundaries with your kids, they internalize the experiences, remember them, digest them, and make them part of how they see reality. No point telling them, don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. They will still push. See, the Bible tells us in this manner, spare the rod, spoil the child. In today's terms, spare the rod, spoil the child. See, as parents, we want to teach discipline in these three areas of their life so that they can grow up to be men and women who are responsible. Self-discipline for morality, responsible for morally responsible behavior. Secondly, a respect for authority, for parental and those in authority, and the sense of security. You see, we can train them in righteousness that comes through the inspired word. 2 Timothy 3.16, use the word of God to teach our children. See, next is instruction. It simply means admonition. It is also use of the instruction or admonition that we receive through the Scriptures. Paul's command implies that a father will lovingly exhort, encourage, and correct his children with God's Word as the standard. This training requires years of patient encouragement and correction. And when do you start the Word with your child? Pastor Chai B and I, we start with our child way when both my children are not even born. When she was pregnant, we took the scripture, we read. We read to the, to, to, to the child. When they came out every night before they go to bed, we put them on our leg, on our lap, and we will read the word of God to them. Later, when they grow up to be two to three years old, we bought them a Bible, children's Bible. And we get them to choose which part of the Bible do you want to read? And they will always choose the Bible, the part, the story that they want to read. Yeah. I remember Caleb, he always chose Moses. That's the part that he wants me to read to him. See? So train them in how to deal with life's challenges as well as they grow older in a spirit of joyful thankfulness before the Lord. You know, you can use the Word of God to teach them how to handle that. You know, you can probably use the, the life of Joshua. You can also use the life of Joseph, how they persevere. Train them how to handle their emotions, how to relate lovingly to others, how to work through disagreements and conflicts in a godly way. Train them how to Discipline and use their time, how to work hard, how to be a good steward of the money and possessions that God entrusts to them, and every other skill that they will need as mature adults. Now, this requires time. This requires you to continue to talk to them, to speak to them, to correct them or to warn them or strongly encourage someone to change their behavior or attitudes that are sinful and destructive. 
This would help them turn from a life of sin and its painful consequences. This is a warning sign that is given when a person is heading in a wrong direction and will end up in a mess if he or she does not stop <coughs> or turn around. That is our responsibility, parents, to tell them. You see, when we see danger is ahead, we need to issue a warning to our children. Like a lighthouse operator who will issue a warning to the ship's captain. And I want all of us to view this video clip, this short video clip. Captain, there's an unknown object at 1200. Sir, contact established. Answer picket, please. This is A853. Please change your course by 15 degrees southwards in order to prevent a collision with us. This is the USS Lincoln, member of the United States Navy. Change your course by 15 degrees northwards in order to avert a collision with us. Over. This is not possible. You have to avoid. This is Captain Richard James Howard speaking, commander of the USS Lincoln aircraft carrier, part of the Navy of the United States of America. We are the second largest warship of the American fleet. We are escorted by two cruisers, six destroyers, and four submarines. I command you to change your course by 50 degrees northward. If you do not comply, we will be forced to take necessary action. Over. We have our food and a friend who is making a siesta right now. We do not move anywhere. We are a lighthouse on the coast of Spain. Why do I show this video to all of us? You see, the lighthouse is built to give warnings to any ship that is sailing around its, that, that area to warn them of danger. That's their job. If they don't do that, the ship may collide, the ship may struck rock and sink. And here you have the captain of the strongest nation in the world. He is declaring how many fleets he has with him. And therefore, that light has to move. But the light cannot move because it's a lighthouse. It's supposed to point to them and tell them the danger that's ahead. Parents, you are the lighthouse. You may get challenges like that from the captain, but you don't move. You stick to your ground because you know that if you were to move, you are going to cause your children's life to end up in shipwreck. Sometimes it is difficult but if you know and you know and you know that if you were to compromise, it's going to cause a children hardship in the future, you will regret it. So be that lighthouse and tell them that I'm here to guide you. 
and to tell you what you should be doing. You see, the lighthouse operator had no intention to offend the captain of the ship. He was doing his job by issuing a warning before disaster happens. You see, normally everyone, including the ship's captain, would actually be glad to receive the news. There will be disaster if they didn't get it. Rebukes, build, correct, and warn. Rebuke your children in private. It is, if it is done publicly, the rebuke will humiliate. You should admonish with love and deep concern for the child's growth in godliness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 says, So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. Friends, you and I, we are called to impart, to tell others. You and I cannot impart what you do not possess. If you are not walking in submission to God and to be obedient to the Word of God, you cannot impart that into the life of your child and ask them, you have got to submit. That would be hypocritical. If you do not pray every day, if you do not read your Word every day and you ask your children to read their Word every day, then you're going to provoke them because they are at the back of their mind is that you are telling me to do something which you yourself cannot do. You did not model for me. You cannot impart what you don't have. And so, friends, brothers and sisters, let us do what we want our children to do. If you are secretly looking at porn on the internet or even on your devices, even, you know, at times on your own, you think that nobody's watching, but I can look at it. You can't lecture your kids about moral purity, much less pray for their purity because you know that you are not pure yourself. If you are an angry man, you can't expect your kids to be sweet, compliant children. So start with yourself. Don't ask your children to start it has got to come, it has got to start with the parents, you've got to live right. The important point is that the image should be given that Christ is the head of the house or the home. Now, how can the image be given? By our general conduct and example at home, how you speak to your wife, how you speak to your neighbours, how you speak to your children, how you speak to your, to, to your mothers. The parents should be living in such a way that children should always have a feeling that they themselves are under Christ, that Christ is their head. It should be obvious in their conduct and behavior. Above all, there should be an atmosphere of love. Take an active role with your wife in the spiritual training of your children. Eat dinner as a family. Do not answer the phone. Turn off the TV. Talk about the events of the day. Relate to your family how the Lord was a part of your day. I'd like to share with us another video. This, this uh, evening, 5.30 service, it was done live. So we videotaped it. How Fonho and uh, had 
this family altar with his daughter Vanessa. The wife couldn't come because she's sick uh, while Colleen was being taken care of by somebody in the service just now. So it's how he nurtured, how he, he, he trained his, his, his daughter through family altar. Everything, everything, just as God, just as God commanded, commanded him, him. Okay, yes. God was happy because Noah did everything that God commanded him. Vanessa, do you know that Noah was very ob- obedient? Do you know how obedient he was? Do you know the story of Noah? What, what did God ask Noah to build? Build an ark. Yeah, an ark, right? It's a very big boat. And an ark is not easy to build, but God gave Noah a lot of directions, like uh, what wood he should use, how big the, the boat was supposed to be, and um, how many levels in the boat. And if no one didn't listen to God, do you think everything would be, he would be able to build all of that? No. It's very difficult. Huh? So if God didn't, if no one didn't follow God, probably uh, the boat might have sunk, or if all, when all the animals went inside the boat, the boat might have broken to pieces. So God is happy with us when we are obedient, when we obey Him. And God was happy with Noah. So God always wants the best for us. You know that? And when we obey Him, things will never go wrong. Okay? Okay, let's pray. Okay? Dear God, dear God, please help me, please help me to, be obedient. to be obedient. And God remind us, remind us to do the things that, that please you. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Calling So what must we do when we when God tells us to do something? We must obey. Obey God. God.
So parents, we'd like to encourage you to find time to do a family altar with your children. Even though uh, some of you may think that my children are teenagers or some of them are adults already with a family of their own, it's still not too late. You can still do it with your children because I heard of a man who did family altar with his son and with his daughter-in-law and also with his grandchildren. So it's never too late because it is the Word of God. Earlier, I asked all of us these questions. Are we aware of the greater responsibility we have in bringing up our own children? Do we give the same amount of thought and attention and time to it? If you would like to invest your time into the life of your children, do the family altar, pray with them, read together with them, spend time taking them out to a cafeteria and sit down and have a father and son moment, father and daughter moment, and talk to them and listen to them, clear your calendar and do just that. And you can also register for the Alpha Parenting, the children course that starts next week. Invest your, your time into learning together with other families how you can uh, parent your, 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 your children we cover boundaries in the Parenting the Children course, building strong foundations. And there's one testimony in, in which uh, this family came, took the course, and I noticed that after the course, I noticed that something was different with the child, and I asked the parent, hey, something changed, something positive changed, and I said, I noticed that your son no longer used a device during the praise and worship time. In fact, he was standing next to you and worshipping God and said, yeah, it's because we apply what we learn from the Alpha Parenting, the children cost, and we see a change in his life. So, friends, do register if you have not participated in this course. So, let's all bring up our children through the biblical principles and fathers and mothers, may God bless you and encourage you as you seek not to provoke your children to anger, but nurture them in the training instructions of the Lord. Let's stand together as we close this service. Let's come before the presence of God today and you tell, you tell God, give me the wisdom in how I can discipline, how I can give instructions to my children in the Lord. And also, children, after this message, don't come to your parents. Pastor Thomas said, don't provoke us. <laughs> don't use this as a weapon. Because, children, you must also learn to listen to your parents, to obey your parents. And I'm sure your parents will be very happy. They will not get provoked. Be obedient to your parents because they meant for your good. Let's worship God together and during this time, let's ask God to give us parents the wisdom in how we can impart the Word of God into the lives of our children. And if you have not started any family altar with your children, it's never too late. You can always start. See how easy it is for Fono to do that with Vanessa. I'm sure you can do it yourself. Choose a simple passage and read and ask them, what have you learned? You know? 
and pray together with them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give us the wisdom, O oh God. Help us to experience your love because you are our Heavenly Father. And the Lord, you know how to teach us, you know how to discipline us. We desire, O oh God, to learn from you, O oh God, through the Bible, O oh Lord, in how we can learn to bring up our children in the ways of the Lord, O oh Lord. Hallelujah.